99.1 The Sports Animal breaks down the beautiful game. Benchmark Physical Therapy brings you the starting 11. Will West and Chris Carroll bring you the top 11 topics in the world of association football each week. Now, let's go to the studio for the starting 11. Down the line towards James, but straight to Edison. The straight to McTominay is going to have a shot. Benchmark Physical Therapy, BenchmarkPT.com. That is the website where you can find them. Starting 11 is the top 11 points in the world of soccer every single week, every single Wednesday, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on 99.1 The Sports Animal. You can podcast the show if you miss it, 991thesportsanimal.com. We have a special co-host today, our pal Himmel Patel from Benchmark Physical Therapy. How are you, Himmel? I'm good. How are you doing, Will? Doing well. Doing very well. You are an Arsenal fan. I am. I am. We're having a good time right now. We are. You are having a good time. I'm a Tottenham <laughs> fan. That is not going well. I don't have anything to uh, talk trash to you about. Yes, so. there's no banter today. <laughs> no, no. Let's. I, I appreciate you keeping it professional because <laughs> I was not going to. Um, here's how we do it, Himmel. Top 11 uh, points in the world of soccer each week. Usually a very heavy EPL perspective on this one. We'll talk a little bit about world soccer and a little bit about the MLS and the U.S. Women's National Team as well. But let's start it with the Manchester Derby this weekend. United with another win over a big club. First time they have swept in almost 10 years the uh, Manchester Derby so far this year. Has United righted the the ship, in your opinion? That's a good question. Uh, I think there's still some riding to do of the ship. I mean, for Manchester United fans, they're trying to get back to the heyday, the glory day where they were competing for the league. And until they get to that point... Uh, it's going to be hard for me to say, as someone who's historically seen Manchester in the 90s uh, growing up, that they will have righted the ship. There's an expectation when you're a United fan to always be competing at the top level, uh, and I still think they're just shy of that. But they've made some great changes in this transfer window. Picking up Bruno Fernandes has been the key for them uh, in terms of kind of correcting the ship some, and then their defense has picked up a lot. Wambasaka, Fred have really stepped up their game, and I think that's been kind of the change for them uh, over the past weekend and the past couple of weeks to kind of really to take the take the bull by the reins and start uh, controlling their future a little bit. I look at it with Solskjaer. I'm still not sold on him as the as the manager there. Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, Solskjaer, he's you know he's he's got some good things going for him. He's he's a legend at the club, but he's still not that figure. He's not that top tier uh, manager that they're looking for. Uh, I'd be surprised if he's still at the end of the season, but the way things are going, if they keep going this way, he may still have a job. It, it is almost a how have the mighty fallen situation though with Manchester United. If we're even asking the question that maybe you can squeak into a Champions League spot, and we're asking the question. Can you have you turned the sh- the corner? Have you righted the ship with that win? But that was a nice win, and they played well against big clubs, especially recently. Right? Um, it does seem like that uh, Juan Basaka and Martial and Fred and those guys are playing up to their potential for the first time in, in quite a little bit. Um, I do think that a corner was turned a little bit, in that they're not just a complete train wreck. I mean, we, we're less than a month removed from Solskjaer having fewer wins than losses in in his tenure as a Manchester United manager, which is something that should never happen, right? No, never, never. Manchester United is a team that's expected to win and expect to win at all costs and, and continue to win no matter what's going on in, in their um, locker room or what's happening at the club. So for them to have been in, the, in, in those dire straits and for Solskjaer's job to be so on the line at that point in time has really been um, something to, to talk about. Do you think that the balance of power has shifted from blue to red now in this, in this series? <sighs> that's tough. That's a tough one. Um, I would say no. I would say no. City's still the better team. They're still going to finish second in the league. Yep. Um, City is still expected to beat Man United uh, the way we look at things. But Manchester United, that, the Derby days for them, they, they've managed to step up um, the past two years, and they've done a great job there. Um, so I would say 
When you look at it on paper, no. But when you when when you look at the scoreline, Manchester United seems to be pulling it off. It, it was interesting this this match though, because it, we're used to watching Manchester the last few years, especially City speed is something most teams can't deal with. It was the opposite though in that week game that match this weekend. It was United speed I thought that City struggled to deal with, and I do think that Sterling Juan Bissaka did a good job of nullifying Sterling's speed, and he virtually was worthless out there on the pitch. And I I did I just wondered, do you get him out of there? And put Silva in or somebody, put somebody else in at that point? Uh, I, th- I think, you know, Sterling's speed was the only thing he had going for him. And Juan Bissaka was, he's, he's a shutdown defender. And, he, yeah. and he's got that, that height that's going to help him kind of get to those tackles that are just out of reach. Uh, he, get, he goes to the ground a lot, but he's been really good at it. Uh, and he's been able to kind of get those balls out of the way and, and kind of sneak in there and get uh, get those defensive uh, plays that he needs to make. Uh, one one person to note, though, I think is Daniel James up front. He's a, he's a young player coming up, and he's really made an impact on this team over the past few weeks. So I, I've been impressed with him. Yeah, no, and it has a nice depth when Rashford does get back as well, right? To be able to have him is that match on Ederson. Was that was that his fault that they lost that uh, match? Yeah, I mean, uh, Ederson should have made that save at the front post. Granted, uh, as a goalie myself, I understand the way that ball bounced. It was kind of tough, but uh, uh, the quality of goalie he is, he needs to be getting down quicker and, and getting that ball out of the way. And then he almost had a blunder, too, again, oh, yeah. um, in the middle of the second half where he, oh, I think it was the first half where he, he just misdealt with a pass. Uh, could have led to a third goal uh, overall. So, uh, point number two, Arsenal continues their winning ways. I know you're excited about this one, Himmel. Uh, still the only team yet to lose a Premier League match in 2020. Can Arsenal continue this run to a Champions League spot? We've debated this a lot on this show so far, but I wanted, since you were coming on, to get your unique perspective as an Arsenal fan. Do you feel like that corner is turned for Arsenal right now? Um, I'll be honest, I'm a pessimistic Arsenal fan, uh, <laughs> just because I know their run. Uh, defensively, we're not there. We're, we're really not there. You you can't rely on people like Mustafi and David Luiz uh, in the back there to hold it down. Uh, luckily, the wingbacks have been really stepping up uh, and making plays offensively as well, but um, if they can continue this run, and if that defense can hold on through the end of the season, I think they really have a good shot to make it to the Champions League spot, um, but have they turned the corner? I would say no. There's still a lot of um, strength to be had in the back, for sure. I might be prisoner of the moment, and I also, I hate the I hate that right now Arsenal's the most fun team to watch in soccer. They oh, are. Yeah. Right. And it's those young guys. Like mm-hmm. they're just fantastic. Saka is a monster. And I and some really honestly when he when he's playing the left wing, I don't think you lose a lot beyond, you know having him versus Obama Yang. It just he's not the one scoring, he's the one setting other people up, but and with Obama Yang of course in front of that he's going to crush it, but having him on that left side with Obama Yang, it's it's just too much for anyone to handle on that one side. And so what happens is you have Pepe almost as an afterthought a little bit that's on the other side because of what those two guys do on the left side, the, the entire right side, and then either Enkedia or Lacazette in front of Ned. Those guys are almost afterthoughts because of the, the two-man game that it seems like that Saka and Obama Yang are able to play on that left side. Yeah, the nice thing is, though, it's drawing a lot of defenses over that way, so it's opening up people like Enkedia and, and Lacazette to have those those free shots that go like you saw this past weekend. But, um, yeah, th- that, that left side is so strong. It's almost Liverpool-esque, I would say, yeah. um, and, and it's really fun to watch. Uh, now, if we could sort out the right side and the back, I think they can make a real go of things. Um, you know, the real test this week is going to be City. Uh, you know, they have that game coming up, but we'll see how that goes. One thing, one reason why I do think that Arsenal does end up with a Champions League spot is what what the next five matches hold. And they, they got the, the win this weekend, and they needed that, right? And it took a little while to get there, but they were able to seal that at the end of the day. Um, you have City this week, right? Then you'll have Brighton, Sheffield United, Southampton, Norwich. Yeah. You yeah. can get ten points out of those out of those next four matches coming up after City for sure, and then a lot of those teams are playing each other too, so it, it helps Arsenal out as well for sure uh, in terms of getting those points and getting to the point where they need to be to end up in that top four. And I know, look, 
Arsenal kind of got hot at the right time, especially when the schedule eases up because they played most of the big clubs earlier on in the season. Um, would you have liked to have been hot to win some of those matches? Yes, but it does. I do think that you're going to be able to gain a ton of ground between now and then just because of the difference in the schedule for Arsenal versus Wolves or Sheffield United and grabbing that final spot there if Manchester United can't seem to take hold of it. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's Arsenal's. It's in Arsenal's court right now. That the strength of schedule is definitely weaker, so they should have a chance. We just have that London derby to get through, and then I think the rest of the the, the schedule looks pretty favorable for them. All right, I'll ask you: Enkedia or Lacazette? Who do you like at striker? Ooh, you know, Enkedia has been on form. Lacazette scored this past week. I I like youth Enkedia. Okay, yeah, yeah, roll with him. Are you? Where are you at on? Well, I've got you here. I'm. Let's go ahead and go through all the Arsenal topics, <laughs> right? Obama um, gang, the idea that they may just let him walk or or sell him at the end of the season because you know you have Saka. Maybe it's a you can you can get all the money that you would possibly need to fix that back end if you were able to sell uh, Obama Gang. Where are you at on that? Um, it's it's a silly decision in my opinion. Um, I feel like we should keep him. He's a top goal scorer currently. He was a top goal scorer last year. Um, you need to try and hold on to that that kind of uh, prowess and skill and talent. Uh, there is a lot of youth coming through, but you also need that experience up front to, to to make a good run of things. So letting him go is probably a bad idea. If they can get paid for him and spend that money on some players, it could work out. But uh, the transfer market is always risky, uh, and Aubameyang's tried, true, and tested. So when, when you look at Arteta, his, his ability to one, I, I like the idea that he finally put everybody on the on the field at the same oh, time. Oh, I know that was something that you just couldn't, couldn't get done. Until why did it take that for him to get all of those guys on the field at the same time? I don't know. To get Pepe, Aubameyang, Lacazette. Azul, yeah, yep. all, all in the like all at the same time. I don't know why it took him taking over for that to happen. But he's also at times he's willing to set Aubameyang, he's willing to set Pepe, he's willing to set Lacazette to send a message. But players are responding to it. It's instead of it shutting them down. Yeah, and I think uh, it's it's allowed them to be stronger offensively. I mean, he he was he's been saying that uh, Aubameyang and Saka and a couple other players have really been uh, meshing and creating some chemistry. I know Lacazette and Aubameyang had that for a long time, but I think when you bench some players, sometimes it does give them that mental reset. Uh, and uh, as well as a physical reset, they need to get back and keep playing at that top tier and that top form that they need to be playing week in and week out. Point number three, Liverpool holds off Bournemouth. After losing three matches in 11 days, do you still look at Liverpool as an all-time great team? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no doubt. Uh, they're going to win the league, um, and they're still in the Champions League hunt. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Liverpool is going to go down as one of the greatest teams. To be as, as far ahead as they are, 25 points ahead um, as, as of this weekend, and, and to still... Um, only need three more games, I think, to win that league. That yeah. they're going to be fine. They're going to go down as one of the, the best teams ever. And for Liverpool fans, it's it's one of those things that they've been waiting for so long. They've never won a Premier League, um, and they've won so many European championships. I mean, last year, if if, if City and Liverpool could have swapped titles, I guarantee they would have. Yeah. But um, I think the fashion in which Liverpool are doing it right now is is really is really great to see. Uh, as an Arsenal fan, I'm glad that Watford pulled off the the win last <laughs> week, uh, kept our invincible streak alive, which is always fun. But uh, um, yeah, it, w- it was a little nerve-wracking as an Arsenal fan to see Liverpool making the run they were making. It, it was so, okay, am I overreacting? Is it recency bias for me to look at this Liverpool team? Part of it, too, is just watching these matches and seeing them. I mean, it's it's they're, they're close every time. They get a scare from literally everybody, right? They can play my niece's AYSO team, and, and they, they get a scare from them and beat them one nothing with uh, Salah having a goal in the 87th minute, and that's how they get the win. I mean, they're just, it's close with everybody. Mm-hmm. So maybe that plays into a little bit of why I say this, but I look at this team as... They're an all-time great team like the City 100-point team. Yep. Not like the Invincibles, not like the treble team from United. I, I put them on that second tier, which is still all-time great, right? Because they're going to hit 100 points, and they're oh, yeah. going to just run away with the league completely. But I, I can't put them at the same level as maybe the top two teams in the history of the EPL, even though some people right now are because they say, look, since oil, the influx of oil money and Chinese digital money, 
they're, everybody has money now, so it's so much tougher to win the league now than it was then. It is, and this this team is one that's kind of been brought together through Jurgen Klopp and, and some of the transfers he's made over the past few years. So it's been a team that's built upon itself. Um, but I think you're right; it can't be put in that top echelon of the treble and the invincibles. Um, but they had the opportunity to do that this year. They had the opportunity to to become one of those all time greats uh, in the top tier. Um, but next year, I think you know we'll see how things go. But they definitely are on the road for that for sure. Why do you think that our, it's been so close with Liverpool in almost every match? Is it just motivation? You think uh, motivation and, and other teams are going to step up. Anytime you, you know Liverpool are coming, you're going to step up your game. You're going to hold it down defensively. You're going to try and limit the errors you make back there, uh, and you're going to play them hard. And and that's what you're seeing right now. I think the Watford game was a blip. That was not the Liverpool we've seen all season. Um, and the, and now they're starting to come back on, and, and start firing on all cylinders. But the, they're probably going to squeak out a lot more games than we realize as the season goes on, um, just because throughout the, te- the the season there's so many games that happen. Fatigue kicks in. Uh, there's mental fatigue, physical fatigue, uh, and things of that nature to where they will have the, have a blip or two here. That is Himmel Patel. I'm Will West. This is the starting 11, 99.1, the sports animal. Chesney Dentistry is a local family-owned general dentist practice serving Knoxville since 1983. At Chesney Dentistry, they've been earning the trust of patients and their families by investing time in understanding their unique dental needs. With highly personalized dental service, they are committed to the highest standards of superior clinical care and integrity to help their patients achieve their healthiest, brightest smile. Chesney Dentistry with two convenient locations in West and North Knoxville. Schedule a visit today at ChesneyDentistry.com. How would you like to invite your friends to visit you at Stamford Bridge? Or how about a family gathering at Goodison Park? These are just two of the personalized home communities available through Turner Homes right here in Knoxville. Turner Homes has six communities with home plans tailored to you from $184,000 to $600,000. They've been building locally for almost 50 years and are ready to work with you on your new dream home. Visit turnerhomes.com and design your perfect new home online now. Looking for children's soccer coaching outside of the club scene? Carroll Sports Academies has been coaching soccer for over 18 years. Their professional coaches keep it fun and build confidence while providing structured classes. Years of experience has helped shape their fun soccer curriculum, which prepares players for competition. Never played before? No problem. Beginners and experienced players are welcome. They truly believe children of any age should receive quality soccer coaching. Check out their website, carrollsportsacademies.com. From the pitch to the transfer window, we cover it all on the starting 11. Brought to you by Benchmark Physical Therapy. Party stooping low and an offside flag. Well, in that throw without a fight, it's going to come back down. It's only as far as Hyman. What a goal! Emerson Hyman. The flag came up at one point. Nashville stopped playing. There was no whistle. The play continued. And Emerson Hyman, what a hit to put Atlanta back in front. Welcome back into the starting 11, brought to you by Benchmark Physical Therapy, benchmarkpt.com. That is where you can find them. Appreciate them uh, making this possible to you. Local soccer show right here in East Tennessee, the top 11 points in the world of soccer each and every single week, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Himmel Patel is in for our buddy Chris today. Himmel, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind. Uh, So my name is Himmel Patel. I've been... uh, Actively playing soccer since I was a kid. Uh, played some college ball at Tusculum College. Uh, played a little semi-pro stint up in Cocoa, Florida. Uh, outside of that, physical therapist for Benchmark Physical Therapy uh, here locally. Uh, we have a bunch of clinics and happy to be here to, with you guys. Yeah, BenchmarkPT.com, the best way to find them? Yep, for sure. All right, there you go. Himmel Patel, we appreciate him joining us here on the Starting 11. 
Point number four for us, Himmels, where we are right now. National SC's match with Atlanta United was the most watched American soccer match in history. Can the MLS be a viable product on network television in primetime? It's a great question. Uh, one that's probably going to get some knives thrown at me. Right now, I would say uh, it depends on the game, honestly. Uh, the, 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 the bigger the game, the more more um, audience you're going to get, you're going to pull, especially with the Atlanta making the run with the playoffs last year. We saw that there was a big push there. Uh, I think Nashville was primed and set up to really uh, do some great things with primetime TV if the team can really do a good job this first year coming out of the gates really hot. Um, overall, you know, when you look at the marketplace too, uh, it was the highest watched soccer game, but it was 22,000 households. I did my math here. Yeah. Um, and it was about, and there's like 268,000 households in, in Nashville proper. So, um, can it be a viable option? I believe so. I think one of the big things for the MLS is going to be uh, where you have players like Almiron going over to the EPL. When you have an influx and a bolus of players like that within the MLS who are willing to stay, I think it's really going to do some exciting things for the MLS. I, I don't think it's it's viable on primetime. I don't. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of that is there's the only sport that's viable in primetime right now, the, the NBA Finals and the NFL. Major League Baseball, every Major League Baseball game that's on in primetime is the lowest rated Major League Baseball game in primetime in history. Um, for the most part, that's just not where we consume sports is on network television. And that's not what people who watch network television, what they want to consume. Um, it, it, it was good. It also probably has a lot to do with the fact that Nashville, it was their debut and Atlanta United probably has the most rabid fan base in American soccer. Um, when you look at the weight, I mean, they, they'll put 76,000 into that stadium there. Oh, yeah. Mercedes, like it's nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's incredible to see the atmosphere they have there. So you had big stars like Joseph Martinez going against, you know, that Nashville, which is new and kind of an up-and-coming city right now, a little bit the U.S. I think that helped a good bit. But it also had a lower number, I think, than the week before than um, Arsenal Everton did. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, overall, when you look at the MLS, uh, the, the product as a whole is going gonna, is gonna to play into this, too. The EPL is really taking off here in the USA. Yep. Um, and the MLS, is it, it's still a growing league. I think there's a lot of local fans here um, that continue to watch it. But until it's competing with those... Uh, those teams and those players, uh, it's going to take a while before it can do that. And like you said, uh, prime time's a coveted spot, and for the audiences to be watching it at that those hours is going to be tough. And I also think this. I think that until the MLS kind of sets up some system that's like soccer more so than it's like the NFL, they're trying to set up a league like an American league, like Major mm-hmm. League Baseball, the NBA, the, the NFL, where you have 28, 30, 32 teams, and we'll do a playoff at the end of it. And that's not what we're used to in soccer. And that's not what the American soccer fan wants to see even. So I do think that that's, it's always going to be behind the EPL and the Champions League until, one, you get that fixed and you have some level of relegation where it feels like these matches mean something. Two, until you get players. Yep. Right? And I don't mean Wayne Rooney when he's, when he's 36 years old, right? I mean, yep. I mean, you need him in the prime. Yeah. When you get players in your prime and you go buy players in their prime, that'll be a difference maker. Joseph Martinez is a difference maker, mm-hmm. right? I yep. mean, uh, uh, Chisarito is is a difference maker yep. to come in. Carlos Vela coming in was a, was is a difference maker, yep. even though he's at the back end ish. Yeah, still playing really really well. But until you get players in your prime, it's just always going to be backseat to the the Premier League. Oh, and, sure. and and Bundesliga is coming to ESPN, mm-hmm. so it probably will end up being behind Bundesliga as well. <laughs> if we're just being honest about it, because of the the quality of the soccer. Yeah, uh, the quality of soccer is a big a big factor here. I mean, the the, the U.S. fans watching the EPL, watching the MLS, you can see a difference. Uh, Hate to say it that way, I'm probably going to get daggers thrown at me by some colleagues who really love the MLS. I can see them right now, but it, it's just the nature of the beast. And until they're up to par, and some of those teams you can argue could be competing in the Champions League, you're not going to be able to to sell the product as well. All right, does this mean anything for the future of Nashville soccer to have that big of an audience on that night and their first two matches played in primetime? 
Uh, I mean, I think it means a lot for Nashville that, the, that they're going to be supported. The fan base is there. They have the ability to really grow it and have, have some explosive growth. Uh, I think if they can do what Atlanta did, like I said last year, and really have a good run, it can really establish a strong foothold with that community and really get, get that fan base to rally around them. That, that's a lot of it, too, I think. Is mm-hmm. to be embraced that way, you have to win. And yep. Atlanta going on one, they won, two, they won in an exciting fashion. So can you do that and can you win and can you win in an exciting fashion? Because I, I'll, I'll be real, I'm not the biggest MLS guy in the world, but I love watching Atlanta United because I've, I've watched Martinez. Mm-hmm. Martinez, to me, was, is the most most watched athlete in American sports because I don't know what's going to happen one moment to the next with him, good or bad. You know what I mean? Like he could disappear for 55 minutes and then score two goals and have an assist in 13 minutes and then disappear for another 17 minutes. And you're like... I don't know what's going on with this guy. Like, I've never done crystal meth, but I'm assuming <laughs> it's a lot like watching Joseph Martinez play, play soccer. Um, Nashville's going to have to be exciting. They're going to have to win to, for this to be able to really stick. But it does show that there's at least you have a market. And if oh, and that's sure. all you can ask for is to have a market, right? Yep. yep. And, and there's a market. I mean, even in the Knoxville community, there's a big soccer community who's rallying around Nashville and traveling to those games. And that's a three-hour drive. And to make that commitment, uh, it takes a lot. So the fan base is there. It's just a matter of whether they can keep them happy by winning. Yeah, and the get-in price is 12 to $15 for matches. Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody that listens to the show but you haven't gone to, to see a match, 12 to 15 bucks you can get in. So it's, it's a nice day trip with your kids or something like that if that's what you're looking to do. So... It's a great opportunity, and you can still get tickets right now, especially with them being a Nissan Stadium. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's a great family event. Uh, I have some colleagues who actually went to that first game, and they had a great time, and they said it was totally worth it. And um, th- they're starting to build that that crazy fan base, hopefully, like the Atlanta Uniteds have and the, the Columbus crew back when I went to go watch some of their games had. So it should be it should be good for that team. Point number five, Jose Mourinho rips Tangway and Dombele after the team's draw with Burnley. Is Mourinho right to criticize Ndombele? Or are these more Jose mind games? It's Jose mind games at his best. Come on, we know how Jose works. He loves to do this to players. Um, but it's funny that he's doing it now. Usually you see this happen with Jose. I've always said this about Jose. He's got he's got a three-year stint with every team. First year, he does a good job. Second year, he wins something. Third year, he crumbles. And, <laughs> and he's got that crumble phase happening right now with, with, with Tottenham in his first year, which is interesting. But um, it, it's, a, it's a mind game. It's a tactic he's used in the past where he'll call out a player. Uh, and this is their best, highest... Um, paid uh, for player that they've ever had at Tottenham. He's he's the record signing. And so to call him out the way he did um, in the post-match interview, uh, I think was, you know, there was some tactic, tactics to that, but I don't think it was the best uh, use of uh, his uh, his way to kind of motivate a player, that's no, for sure. I agree. And, and, and Doug Bailey, has, has, the work rate's not great. No. He's just come to the manager and said, I'm not fit. Why? And he won't tell him, right? And just, oh, I'm just not. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can go. That's like he's 23. I get he's young, and I get that three years ago or whatever he was at the fifth level of French football, and now he's playing in the Premier League, and it's a different game from what he even was playing last year at Lyon. But I don't understand what the what is, what is the goal here, right? I, I I don't know what the what he's trying to accomplish, Jose, with with these. I guess he's trying to motivate him, right? Yep, and play I, mind games with them. I just think that I don't know how I don't know that this is going to motivate this kid. By if not playing him doesn't motivate him. Why is ripping him through the media going to going to motivate him? And and maybe he's tried. Um trying to give him some 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 soft love, and now he's giving him tough love, so to speak. But uh, really, the next game is going to dictate as to how much he's trying to motivate him, whether he plays him or not. If, if he does play him and start him, then clearly he's giving him a, he's giving him the opportunity to rise to the challenge. Um, I would expect him probably come off the bench realistically, though. It's probably going to go that way. I'm going to be real. I, I don't understand what is going on with this Tottenham team this year when I'm watching them because it's um, I'm seeing guys that, like, I mean, Harry Winks was a guy that everybody wanted, oh, right? Yeah. He's terrible. Like yep. he's absolutely, and he's not great as far as being that. No, he's not a great deep passer. He's not. No, and no. not great with the long pass. And that's something that I think that they want him to be. 
you know, he was zipping all over the field the last few years. He was making plays everywhere. Um, you know, he's on starting for England's national team. Yep. Now he can barely get on the field for Tottenham. I mean, Danny Rose was the guy that did last World Cup run. Danny Rose was a, an integral part of mm-hmm. that. He's gone just because they couldn't. They wouldn't even play him. Davison Sanchez is particularly good right now. Deli Alley, it seemed like he was responding for Mourinho for a little while, and now that is kind of yep. he's regressed as well. It, eventually, I'm looking at this, and, it, and it's not all on Mourinho, right? But I'm looking at this team, and I'm just thinking nobody is responding to the mind games or the tactics for Jose right now outside of Lacelso. Gio Lacelso seems to be responding yeah. to it. Yeah, Lacelso is the shining star on this team right now, and um, you know some other players that have stepped up. You know, Eric Dyer's getting some more playing time. Is, but I, yeah. think he, I think it's because he fits into the Mourinho model. You know, he wants that defensive team. Uh, but unfortunately, Tottenham haven't been great defensively either this this season. Um, to speak to Los also, I mean, he's he's doing a great job. We all, I think we knew he was going to do a great job coming in. He's been a he, he was a stud previously, and and he continues to be that way. Um, but with Mourinho, it's just it's just up in the air as to what he's trying to do with this team and get out of them. Because I don't think the team knows, and I don't think he's really figured out how to motivate them. So that that's where the struggle lies. And then having players like you know Kane out is really is is really detrimental to them uh, in terms of getting them going. Uh, I think Mourinho probably coming onto Tottenham was. Probably a poor selection of manager, I would say. I was really excited when it happened. That meant Arsenal wasn't going to get him. So um, good for us, but it's it, it's it's tough. And, and and Jose loves London, so a London team for him is probably a good fit. But this Tottenham team might might, might not be the place for him. All right, but that brings us to point number six. Is it too early to criticize Mourinho for Tottenham slide? He has dealt with injuries to both Kane and Son. They've had injuries in the back. Now they're healthy in the back now. And let's remember what they were under Pochettino, right? I mean, the, the bottom fell out of this thing with everyone healthy. Sure. Yeah, guys just weren't out there trying, which was really, really, really tough to watch. Erickson's gone. You've got some some youth, I guess, influx, especially in the midfield. Is it too early, in your opinion, to criticize Mourinho? The great thing about Mourinho is it's never too early to criticize him. <laughs> I mean, he loves it, right? He does. Uh, he, and he feeds off it with the media, but um, I, I don't think it's too early. Uh, yes, they've had a, a bit of a backslide. It's been a three-game stint. Um, they, they only have a few games left to really to, to make a push for the Champions League, but uh, the slide they're on right now seems like they're falling. They're going in the wrong direction. If we're going to be honest, it, it's not working out too well for them. Uh, so no, it's not too early, but really, it's just a matter of how hard they fight and turn this thing around over the next few games. They, and it's not helping to someone. What he's saying is not helping at all because he's saying things like, "Oh well, we don't, you know, we have a number nine. What are we supposed to do? Yeah. You know, my, I, I love my players. I don't blame them whatsoever. But there's nothing we can do here." And you're like. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. and, and that's on him. He's the manager. Find a new tactic. Find a new formation. Yes. Figure it out. Um, find find a way to win. That's that's his job uh, with the players you have, and and that's that's where you can really criticize him when he's making excuses like that. And I'll agree there. And he is not what he's supposed to do, which is kind of stop the bleeding, I guess, from Pochettino. And, and as a Tottenham fan, here's what I thought: He's going to come on. We're going to win some silver, which we haven't done. <laughs> Maybe it's an FA Cup, but whatever. We're going to win something, and then he will tear the entire thing up where it has to be blown up at the end of three seasons. The unfortunate part is it almost looks like we got to blow the thing up this summer. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's probably well. He's been promising money too this summer, so he's probably looking to spend. He's probably chalking this season up if we're going to be honest. Just looking at the way he's handling things, uh, I think he hoped that he could have made a run for maybe some silverware, but it looks like that's not going to happen now. Um, and now it's just Champions League spot. All he's got left to fight for. Here's what's bothering me though: is I'm watching watch the Norwich match, watch the uh, Burnley match. When they play Pochettino style, they're still effective, mm-hmm. right? When they press high, when they're attacking, when the work rate's high, and they 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 keep the ball in those high areas. They can they can get the ball in the box all day long and keep it there. And they seem to take it to other teams. It's when they try to defend from the back and play Jose's way, they can't do it. They're just not capable of doing it. And and, and I'm watching them do this for 70 minutes, fall behind. Okay, now we'll let you play the way that you're actually good. And and I watched Tottenham come back right, and and you'll get in a, a penalty from Delhi, which mm-hmm. ends up giving you a draw. 
with Norwich, they had, I mean, my gosh, that, that final third, they had the ball there the entire last 60 minutes of that match. It just couldn't put it, in the, put it away at the end of the day. But it was, and, and we all knew once it was cruel at those penalty kicks, <laughs> there was no chance that Tottenham had to win that one. They can't play from the back. Um, Burnley, Chris Wood had more shots on goal than Tottenham did. Oh man! Well, Chris Wood's on fire right now too. He he, he's, he's he's a heck of a forward. But um, yes, they uh, T- Tottenham's offensive uh, prowess is 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 lacking right now. Uh, I don't see anyone that's up there to finish the ball. There's no one with that kind of that that killer instinct in front of the net right now to to put those away. Uh, and that's where they're really struggling. But um, they can't be playing it out the back like they used to. Yeah, but, no, they 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 can. Mm-hmm. And, and one portion of it is this too: those those young uh, center backs. They get drawn on way too easily, and if you have somebody like like Troyore in that in that match against Wolves, and they would just he would draw one of those center backs on, they yep. would just send either Jota or Jimenez right behind them where they're supposed to be. You know, one of the wings or one of the uh, uh, fullbacks has yep. to try to rotate over. It's too late, but you know, balls in the net. Yep, yeah, and ha- and having youth back there really doesn't help. Um, I mean, jo- Jose should know this. He's a seasoned manager. Uh, play what you're good at, and and they're great offensively. It's almost like they need to keep defenses an afterthought. Just just manage what comes at you, and then get going quickly going forward. Um, and and use that midfield with Lacelso to kind of kind of start start that trend going forward. We'll come back with a uh, segment. We'll come back with item number seven: Sheffield United and Wolves. Two points behind United for a probable Champions League spot. If we had to choose one that has a better chance to land a Champions League spot, who would it be? Starting 11, 99-1, the sports animal. Benchmark Physical Therapy is a leading physical therapy provider dedicated to bringing you back to your best. Benchmark focuses on proven methods, people helping people. Benchmark has more advanced certified clinicians than anyone in the region and outcomes that exceed national standards. Benchmark therapists know the importance of establishing trust with their patients. With over 30 locations in the Knoxville area, we have one close to you, including Lenore City, Powell, Hardin Valley, and two locations on Chapman Highway. Visit BenchmarkPT.com for a location near you. The British Invasion continues with Chris Carroll and Will West on the Starting Eleven. Brought to you by Benchmark Physical Therapy. Off goes Basham. Is it towards Sharp? Benny Sharp back among the goals in recent times. Don't worry about me, I'm gonna make it all right. Got my enemies caught field in my side. I think I'll be a situation. It is the starting eleven ninety-nine one D sports animal. Will West and Himmel Patel in for Chris this week. We're at point number seven right now, Himmel, and that is two smaller clubs, Sheffield United Wolves. Two points behind United for a Champions League spot. Which of those two has a better chance of landing in the Champions League? All right, so I'm going to say it's a toss-up. Sheffield had the FA Cup action along with a fairly tough end-of-season run, uh, and they're vying for Europe uh, with a game in hand, which gives them a lot of uh, motivation and a, and, a, and a bit of the edge, I would say. And then Wolves, they're still in the Europa League, uh, and they have a slightly easier finish to the season. But, and they're playing three of the top ten teams in the league. So they could actually control their future better than Sheffield could. Um, but Sheffield has that game in hand. That, that's tough to, to negate. Man, Dean Henderson's been amazing for Sheffield United, hasn't he? Oh, he's been amazing. If I was amazing. a United fan, I'd be wondering how in the, why in the world is De Gea still in goal? Like, I, I, don't, I mean, I guess you're winning right now, but I just did. Dean Henderson's been unbelievable. unbelievable. Um, as many clean sheets as Allison does this year. Yeah, it, it's incredible to see a team like that. And, that. and that's part of the reason for the team's success. It, when you get those shutouts like that, it makes it so much easier. I mean, uh, the lead, the worst you can do is a tie when you have a shutout, and, and even that gives you a point. So um, it's been incredible to see him, uh, and I, I can't wait to see what else he does over the season. What, we, what would you do if you're facing Chris Wilder with this letting center backs cross over midfield and get wide and having the kind of the mid, midfield behind the center backs who go get wide? How would you handle that? 
<laughs> That's a great question. Like, well, I'd be coaching in the Premier League. Yeah, I would. Right I would. I'd, probably, I'd probably figure that out uh, real quick. Uh, no, honestly, it's, it's tough. Uh, you you got to have a, a bit more of a defensive-minded uh, midfielder in there, um, which which can ho- hopefully pick up some of those runs coming through. But it, it's really hard to, to do, and, and that team has meshed so well, and they figured out how to play in the system, and it's really helped them be successful. Um, and a lot of teams are struggling with it, as you can see, but which is why they're getting the results they're getting. Yeah, you know what? I'll take the Bulls, actually. That's yeah. the team that I will take. I think the Sheffield United, it's been amazing. But mm-hmm. if there's one of those two teams, now, again, I don't think it's going to be either of those teams. I think <laughs> it's going to be Arsenal. But if it, if one of those two teams is to take a spot from Manchester United, unless because I don't think Leicester City can fall enough mm-hmm. that they're going to lose the mm-hmm. spot. I think Chelsea could. We'll see what happens. But Lampard's done a great job there, so they're oh, doing yes. pretty well. But if it is one of these two teams, I would take the Wolves. I love their back four. I mean, people can have the ball in the in the box all afternoon, and it does not seem to phase them. It's, it's almost you still don't get a clean look on that. So I, I think I love what they're doing in that back four, and I really like the fact that they're finally getting all of Jimenez, uh, Nieves, uh, Traore, and Jota out there all at the same time. Yeah. Now that everybody's healthy, and that is that is tough to combat. Those four in the attack and the afford that they have right now on defense, I just think that is a very tough team. And as you mentioned at the the schedules. Sheffield United still has Arsenal, Man U, Tottenham, Chelsea, Leicester City, Everton left, and Wolves have Bournemouth, Villa, Palace, Burnley, West Ham. It's about opportunities, and I just think that, that the Wolves have more opportunities there. No, the, um, I mean, I agree with that, too. I, I think the, the the depth they go into the other competitions is going to play into it as well with with Europa and FA Cup. If, if both teams go pretty pretty late into those competitions, that's going to really dictate how well they do in the league as well. So that's going to play a factor. Um, I'm going to go with that game in hand. And I think Sheffield United, that would be a nice little Cinderella story. It would be a nice it, Cinderella so, story. Yeah. All right, point number eight, she believes cup play began last week. U.S. women's national team, two straight wins, knocking off Spain in a very close one over the weekend. Um, why doesn't the U.S. women's national team get more publicity stateside? So uh, we talked about this earlier, too, but uh, really uh, I think it, it, it's it's part of the, the beast, right? With, with the national competitions, there's only one every two years, uh, so the, the publicity is really only there once every two years. And they have these competitions like the She Believes Cup that happen every year. Um, but really, I only learned about the She Believes Cup last year prior to the World Cup because it was going into a World Cup year. This year, uh, you figured you'd get a little more publicity with it being an Olympics year. But with 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 us not knowing if we're even going to have the Olympics this year, I think it's kind of downplayed it a little bit. Um, so it, it's kind of, you know, partly because the timing. It's every two years is when you have big national competitions, which is when they get thrust into the spotlight. I, I think they're a victim of their own success a little bit as well. It's kind of like UConn's women's basketball team with Gino when they were just making those runs, or the mm-hmm. Lady Vols who've had some in here, where you're just, if you're just destroying all of your competition all the time, it's only a story if you lose. So, I mean, I, it's how much time are you really going to, on an hour-long sports center that corporate's making you take 15 to 17 minutes to promote things you've got coming up later, and your talents and things like that, and so you have, in that time, maybe 28 minutes of actual news that you're giving. How much time can I put on the U.S. Women's National Team when they just shell somebody 6-0, right? If they just destroy Panama. I I don't know that you can do that. And you can't spend that kind of time for it. Also, does the public want that? I mean, I hate to say it. I I think that they're beloved. Mm -hmm. I just don't think. And I think that they're respected. I just don't think that we we like competition. You don't want to just see somebody go out and lap the field 100 times in a race and expect that. I don't care what it is, whether it's NASCAR. I don't care if it's men's sports or women's sports. It gets boring watching someone just destroy other. They're they're all of their competition, and outside of Spain right now, the U.S. Women's National Team just destroys everyone else, and they seem to have the edge on Spain as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they are so good uh, on the world stage that it it does play a factor being that good, and and it seeming like there's no competition for you. And again, World Cups, Olympics, things of the, that nature, where it is a one 
it can turn into a one one loss knockout kind of stage. That's when you really get the drama and you get the excitement. Uh, but they're still beating most teams, that, and, and they really are. Uh, you, you mentioned Spain. I, I was going to mention England too. They're another team that's kind of on the yeah, rise. Yeah, they are. Too. Yeah. Um, and, and I think both both England and the U.S. have a similar problem with with the national teams and the publicity that they get. Uh, England has start to kind of grow that fan base a little bit and really start to add some publicity. But again. Unless there's a, a national or a worldwide competition going on, it's really hard to keep them in the spotlight and keep them at the top of people's minds. U.S. men's national team. <laughs> what, what, what's going on there? If you had to call it right now, what is going on with the U.S. men's national team? Uh, not much, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, really, I mean, I, I feel I feel bad. The, the U.S. men's national team, it, it's been fa- fairly obsolete since they didn't make the World Cup last year. Um, in terms of youth coming through, Pulisic is like the only player that I, I think I still remember from the U.S. national team. Yeah. You've got Yedlin, too. He's, he's young, but... Um, they're, they're, they're in a bit of disarray, and, and really they're going to have to restructure. Uh, they need a lot more youth coming through in order to grow because the talent they had, um, they're all older now. They're not going to be able to continue to compete. So um, they're, they're in a year, I would say, of restructure, uh, so to speak, and, and hopefully they can, they can find that structure and really come out and qualify for the next World Cup and, and kind of make some impacts in big competitions again. It, it, it didn't make me feel a lot of confidence in the U.S. men's national team that the USSF had it was his brother who he hired to go be the men's national team coach yeah yeah uh that that, that can't inspire a lot of uh, inspiration for anyone or excitement either uh it's it's just tough it's a tough place to be in as a, as a u.s coach uh and and to be a u.s player too unless you're in europe playing uh it really the national competition is kind of a, a second a second thought for you whereas uh the, those players who are playing in bigger countries who have a worldwide prowess uh it's it's like what they want to do that's what they shoot for um Pulisic, i'm sure he's shooting to make first team at chelsea versus he knows he's starting for the U.S. All right, point number nine, target man. One player you're predicting to have a big match this weekend. Really, uh, and I want to highlight Billy Gilmore for Chelsea. He's been on a run of great form. He really he's, he's so young, and he's he's 18 years old. He's killing it right now. Uh, beat, uh, Chelsea's beat a uh, win over Liverpool uh, in the FA Cup. He, he was able to get man of the match. Same thing again this past weekend uh, against Everton. Man of the match again. So um, he's been really doing a good job. He's been that point person in the middle. He's really take, um, uh, taking the ball and redistributing it and, and setting up um, plays to create goals, which is amazing to see. And for someone as young as he is, um, playing uh, for the team that kind of coached him up and he came through the youth academy, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in awe of him, and I think he's going to do some great things. So he's one to watch this week. Objectively, I went with uh, Anthony Martial, and the reason why <laughs> is I have seen this Tottenham back for. <laughs> and I know what happens every single time in every Tottenham match. And if you're a Tottenham fan out there listening, you know what's going to happen as well. Tottenham's left back gets drawn on somewhere, doesn't make it back quickly from going wide, and they get beat on the right side. Center back has to shift over. Everybody has to rotate over to make up for that spot. And then whoever the forward is on that left side has a free run at net. And that happens to be Martial right now with uh, Manchester United. So Tottenham against Manchester United, I think Martial is going to have a goal, maybe two, maybe a goal and an assist, maybe two goals and an assist. I think he's going to have a massive field day against Tottenham with just the struggles in that back four right now. We mentioned it earlier talking about Tottenham and Mourinho. That it, look, there are problems that they don't have Kane, they don't have Son, and they don't have anyone who can finish. That defense is dreadful, though. It yeah. really is. And they just keep getting beat. And those young center backs will get drawn on by anybody. If you get a wide player who dribbles to the middle of the field, those center backs, they can be 55 yards from net, and those center backs are coming after them regardless of whether Harry Winks or Dyer's there or not. Yeah, and it's really surprising considering Mourinho is is known for setting up great defenses and having defensively-minded teams um, that this Tottenham team is struggling so much with simple things, honestly. Yeah, it's and it's frustrating to watch. I'll go <laughs> ahead and say that. Not for me. It's great to watch for me as an Arsenal fan. It's amazing. That is Hill Patel. I'm Will West. We'll come back with the final segment starting 11 99 1 the Sports Animal. 
to take the latest on Tennessee sports coverage with you anywhere you go. Download the Sports Radio WNML app. Powered by Big Kahuna Wings, the wings that changed it all. Looking for children's soccer coaching outside of the club scene? Carroll Sports Academies has been coaching soccer for over 18 years. Their professional coaches keep it fun and build confidence while providing structured classes. Years of experience has helped shape their fun soccer curriculum, which prepares players for competition. Never played before? No problem. Beginners and experienced players are welcome. They truly believe children of any age should receive quality soccer coaching. Check out their website, carolsportsacademies.com. Chesney Dentistry is a local family-owned general dentist practice serving Knoxville since 1983. At Chesney Dentistry, they've been earning the trust of patients and their families by investing time in understanding their unique dental needs. With highly personalized dental service, they are committed to the highest standards of superior clinical care and integrity to help their patients achieve their healthiest, brightest smile. Chesney Dentistry, with two convenient locations in West and North Knoxville. Schedule a visit today at ChesneyDentistry.com. How would you like to invite your friends to visit you at Stamford Bridge? Or how about a family gathering at Goodison Park? These are just two of the personalized home communities available through Turner Homes right here in Knoxville. Turner Homes has six communities with home plans tailored to you from $184,000 to $600,000. They've been building locally for almost 50 years and are ready to work with you on your new dream home. Visit turnerhomes.com and design your perfect new home online now. And now, back to the starting 11. Brought to you by Benchmark Physical Therapy. Online at benchmarkpt.com. Final segment of the starting 11, 99-1, the sports animal. Himmel Patel in for Chris this week. Will Weston Himmel here with you. Remember, you can always podcast the show, 991thesportsanimal.com. Benchmark Physical Therapy brings it to you every single Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. right here, 991 The Sports Animal. All right, Himmel, point number 10, Sky Sports reporting the EPL considering playing matches without fans or possibly banning fans over the age of 70 because of coronavirus fears. We all we already saw in Syria, right, over the weekend, play without fans. What's the better option? Playing in an empty stadium or suspending the season until medical authorities figure this out? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with playing in empty stadiums. I know the atmosphere won't be there, especially for the viewers at home and things of that nature, but we're so close to the end of the season. There's no, I, I see no need to delay. Um, it may cause problems for competitions coming up, such as the Euros, um, but that's yet to be seen. Uh, but yeah, I would say let's let's go ahead and finish out the season. Let's see who's going to win these things. If it's empty, does that feel any different than what Manchester City fans are used to, <laughs> or Carabao Cup, or anything like that? I mean, really, is it that it's, different? Really, it's, it's true. Uh, it's some of those 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 games that don't really count. It's going to feel like that. I will say though, um, you know, not having fans, it can really play into which team is actually better skill wise versus yeah. like you know getting the crowd against you and, and behind you to to help you win a game. Italian fans protested that the games were still played. Um, I, I can understand the point of view of like, just, just go ahead and play the thing right now. That's where a lot of it too is this is where you make your money, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that the Indian Wells tennis tournament was, uh, that that, yep. that was canceled because of coronavirus scares. They make their money on backsides and seats coming to watch the tennis event, not based on their television schedule. When we talked about a few weeks ago, and I'm sure you've seen this sto- the story that there could be $24 billion a year for the premier league with their, if they were to able to create a streaming service and get their second and third tier rights back from ESPN Plus and NBC Sports Gold and all of those things, create their own streaming service. If just right now the number of people that subscribed subscribed, then they would make $24 billion a year and be the richest sports league in the world. What you can't do is not play games. Really, what you're doing is you're telling your advertisers, 
look how many people are watching us right now. And so it keeps NBC or Sky or whoever it is that buys your first tier rights happy because you're able to throw just stupid numbers out there because especially people aren't going to games. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's watching on television, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, no matter who you are, if you can't go to a game, you're going you're gonna to find somewhere to watch the game. You're going to go home and watch it on TV. Hopefully, if coronavirus is that big a fear, you're not going to a pub somewhere and watching it with a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, but more than likely, that's happening too. So um, when you look at the amount of money that can be generated from this, it, it, it makes no sense to cancel the season or, or postpone the season by any means. You, you have to play these games out. There's not that many left. Um, finish it out, and let's just see how things play out there. Uh, I am very curious to see what happens with the Euros and the Olympics, though. That's 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 definitely going to be a, a, a different case, uh, especially with the new format, the way the Euros are going, and they're going to bounce around from country to country. Um, I'll be curious to see if they cancel the tournament, change the format, or do something different. Absolutely. But final point, point number 11, weekend predictions. Himmel, your match of the week prediction in any soccer league, and give us one upset prediction in soccer for the upcoming weekend. Okay, so my upset for this upcoming weekend is going to be Newcastle to beat Sheffield. Ooh, yeah, I like yeah, that a lot. Yeah, Newcastle to beat Sheffield. I have been burned with Newcastle as my upset pick so many times <laughs> that I will never pick Newcastle again. I won't and, even drink a Newcastle. And, and now I'll get burned probably because of it. No, but, um, you know, Newcastle's playing at home. They did beat Sheffield away last time. So I, I think they – and they have a decent team that could could take, them, take it to them. Um, you know, players like Almiron are really going to play play into this and see how they play. But, you know, I, I like Newcastle for this one. I really do. Okay, there you go. And your match of the week? My match of the week is the Merseyside Derby. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely going to be one that is going to be one to watch. Uh, Everton needs to come back after this trouncing they got this past weekend. Uh, well, that was out of nowhere, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was. But it was good to see. It was good to see. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Arsenal. So it was good to see. But, no, uh, it, and it'll be interesting to see how Liverpool responds to this um, Everton team. Um and just to see if they can really get back on track because they did put it to them the first time around. So we'll see how it goes this time. The Everton is not a team right now that you that you can take lightly, and you got to be prepared that you've got to score twice mm-hmm. to feel like you've even got a shot. Because I mean, you're you're going to have to do what Chelsea did, and I don't think they're going to have the same response. And that that was not a team that was on form at all no. that, that Everton squad against Chelsea. But it seems like they're going to get two at least. So oh, yeah. you need three if you're going to win. So Liverpool needs to be dialed in, especially offensively. I think in this one. And um, we'll see if they are because it does seem like they kind of think they can turn it on and turn it off whenever they want to, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, and they and, usually do turn it on whenever they want and, to. And, and and sometimes they squeak it out like they need to. But this is this is one of those games where you have to be on from from the, the first whistle to the last. It's 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 a it's a cutthroat game. It's one of the most um, uh, high profile rivalries that we have in the EPL. So it should be a good one. All right, my match of the week is Tottenham against United, and that's why the reason why is that I think that United can put the final nail in Tottenham season if they want to. And this one also, it's another big club with United with a chance to beat them. And and it, and if they get this win, it's you look at United and say, okay, man, you are really cementing that position. When it seems like somebody's going to take this from you at some point, you have to look at it and say maybe Solskjaer's got this figured out and they're going to be fine. Um, I also think for Tottenham, this is your this is your last look. Like yeah. the whole thing falls apart if you don't get this win against United this weekend, um, because it doesn't get a lot easier down the stretch for Tottenham either. So that's why this it's two big clubs also going head to head against each other, and we don't have a lot of that outside of Monday. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, that's why I went with this one. My upset pick is Norwich over Southampton. Oh. I love Ings, and I, and I love uh, you know that Southampton team. I like watching them play. I think Norwich has figured something out, and I think this past weekend was a byproduct. What happened where they they did take the loss had as much to do with having to play that extra time mm-hmm. FA Cup match against Tottenham just three days earlier. And I was watching that. I mean, Max Aarons looked like he was dead. Godfrey looked dead, like he was just ready for it all to end. Like those guys were holding their shorts at 87 minutes and then let's go play 30 more, boys. You yep. know what I mean? And But they're figuring out how to play. They're playing well together. I love that back four. It's young, but man, I love uh, I love that Lewis, I think, is great as well. Jamal mm-hmm. Lewis, 
I, I, I really like what they have on that on that Norwich team. You'd like to have, for them to have somebody else with Pookie kind of yeah. up front giving them goals, but I, I like the midfield with Cantwell. Yeah. I, like, I like a lot of the things that they have. They're just young, mm-hmm. and they probably are one striker short of what they need to be a team that can be effective. It, it seems like they've turned a corner. It, now it's going to be too little too late because they were starting in so, such a big hole, probably. Mm-hmm. Probably still looking at relegation. But I, I do think they get the win against Southampton this weekend. Yeah, they do look like a team that started the season beating Man City and things of that nature. They, they look like they're back to that, that level of play. So that's a good shout. I do like that one, too. That's Himmel Patel. Himmel, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Himmel Patel, BenchmarkPT.com is where you can find Himmel and his co-workers there with Benchmark Physical Therapy. And as always, they bring in the starting 11 on 991D Sports Animal. Benchmark Physical Therapy is a leading physical therapy provider dedicated to bringing you back to your best. Benchmark focuses on proven methods, people helping people. Benchmark has more advanced certified clinicians than anyone in the region and outcomes that exceed national standards. Benchmark therapists know the importance of establishing trust with their patients. With over 30 locations in the Knoxville area, we have one close to you, including Harriman, Farragut, Kodak, and North Shore Drive. Visit BenchmarkPT.com for a location near you. 